Who here knows Grant Cardone? I was working with Grant Cardone's advertising team, and so many people in the world have no idea who he is. So like when they run ads, they can't, it's just his face won't do it. So if Grant Cardone is not known, a billionaire in just a few years, no offense, but you're probably not and I'm probably not, and that's fine, we just need to adjust our messaging. Welcome to the Ravi Abuvala Show, where we show you how you can build a business that produces cash without you, so you can live the life you deserve. All right, let's talk about how to turn your offer cold friendly. So in order to have virtually unlimited scale, you need an offer that is delivered by people outside of your current sphere of influence, SOI. If everybody you're serving is referrals from current clients, you will literally be limited. If everybody you're serving has to be inside of a specific country, you will always be limited. If everybody you're serving has to at least follow you on Instagram, you will always be limited. So most people's content, what's known as top of funnel content, when they're talking about their offer, is about me, 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 me. I was shooting an ad yesterday with uh, Jack, with everybody here, and we did two different ads. One's retargeting and one's cold. I'm gonna walk through that a little bit later. The retargeting one, I was like, hey, wanna get access to the same recordings that these guys got for coming to this event? I started off with that. If I put that to a cold audience, they would not give a fuck. Who am I? Why do, who are you guys? Why would they care about this event? Why does it matter to them? But most people are using the same amount of the same offer headline for both retargeting and cold traffic. What you need to do is create an offer that is, if nobody knew who the hell you were, they would be like, I'm totally down for that thing. And just because I always get this, I'm not a make money offer, Ravi. You don't have to be a make money offer. We have multiple clients that are in the reversing diabetes, fitness, like helping you become a more efficient dad or mom. It doesn't have to be, it just needs to be what is relevant to them. So your cold offer needs to speak to them. Anything you guys are selling, you need to go to a total stranger and be able to sum it up to them in 10 to 30 seconds. If it takes longer than that, then you've lost. And if they don't understand that, if you couldn't explain that to a six-year-old, then you've lost. Another one of my clients were building out a sales letter, and I said, okay, great, this looks good. He has a, a little girl. I was like, all right, give it to your little girl and see if she understands it. That's how dumb, simple we need to make our messaging. So understand when you guys are creating offers, Great, if somebody knows me really well, it would be great if, uh, if they saw this offer. All right, that's one type of offer. If someone has no idea who you are, that's the other type of offer you need to create. What would be appealing to them? P.S., it's not you. For example, some people here might enjoy or appreciate having one-on-one -on -one time with me. But if I run an ad and I'm like, you want one-on-one -on -one time with me? They're gonna be like, who the hell is this guy? I was working with Grant Cardone's advertising team. The people that put on their events a few years are my clients. And who here knows Grant Cardone? So many people in the world have no idea who, he, who they are or who he is. So like when they run ads, they can't, it's just his face won't do it. So if Grant Cardone is not known, a billionaire in just a few years, no offense, but you're probably not and I'm probably not, and that's fine, we just need to adjust our messaging. And then as we go down the funnel, it becomes more and more about you or the offer itself, but at the very beginning, the way you make your offer cold friendly is you actually make it talk about the transformation. What are they gonna get from it? Most people talk mechanism, 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 mechanism. We need to talk about transformation. What is the end result gonna look like? Benefits. Spending time on this and seriously looking at your offer can be the difference in making it or not. Making in quotations because everyone has a different desired state like we talked about yesterday. But for me, what I wanna achieve, I have to have a cold-friendly offer. And I get pitched opportunities to invest in companies, equity partners all the time, and the first thing I look at is, there, is their offer cold-friendly? Because if it's not, I know that I have to spend time making it cold friendly 
And if it's not, I know there's an inherent ceiling on how much we can scale. There's a reason I always start with the offer because if you take a not cold friendly offer and you have the absolute best advertise, uh, advertise agency in the world and you have the absolute best lead mechanism in the world, you have the freaking godfather of funnels, write your funnels for you. It will not convert. It's as simple as that. That's why we start sales mechanisms and go forward to the traffic mechanisms. Also, PS, what do you think is easier to do? Duplicate a Facebook ad and, and change the copy or uh, create a cold friendly offer? That's the hardest thing to do is to change the cold friendly offer. So because it's hard, nobody wants to do it. So nobody does it. They just do the Facebook ads and YouTube ads and VSL and webinar and, and in Facebook group. And then everybody wonders why nobody's getting anything done. So if you just take a, whole, a car, hard, cold look at your offer, you can decide before I even need to worry about this other stuff, is there money I'm leaving on the table by the offer I have right now? And nobody's, I, I don't care who's in this room. I don't care how great your offer already is. It could always be better. Mine could always be better as well. And I have another client in this room right now. I won't, uh, I won't say who it is, but we recently, we spent about 40 grand on ads and we broke even. And him and I had to have a hard conversation that I don't know if your offer is cold friendly. I don't know if it's, it's a large enough offer. And so we're pivoting into an offer that I know that's very similar to what he's doing right now that he's going to absolutely crush at. Super talented dude. He didn't lose any money on the 40 grand. We call it tuition, learning something from it. And that's the other piece of advice for your cold-friendly offer. It really shouldn't be that hard to sell what you guys have. If you find it very difficult to sell what you guys are selling, your offer is not cold-friendly. Like, it should be a layup. And this is simply a difference between a 2x cash return on investment and a 10x cash return on investment. Cool, so let's talk about actually creating a cold-friendly offer. I challenge everybody to do this at some point. Every time I create an offer, this is the exact framework I could take it through. Every time I create an offer with one of my clients or adjust their offer they have right now, this is the exact framework that we take them through. So starting point, ending point, A to B. Starting point is who is the niche? Who are you guys serving? What is their problem? And ending point is not that they're customers. Ending point is not that you, uh, that you did this thing for them. The ending point is the transformation. They fit into their wedding dress. They finally have a predictable client acquisition system. They bought their dream home. They have clarity in everything that they're doing. They feel confident. That's the ending point. So that's what you need to write down on a piece of paper. A, B, starting point, end point. And that can take you some time to actually identify, and that's okay. Don't just write shit down. Once again, I don't expect you guys to do this here. Write the framework down and then do this later on when you don't have me yelling in your ear. So let's talk about now. <laughs> that is what a business is, just so we're all clear. It's just taking someone from there to there. That's the business. This is what a business is. Exchange of value. From here to here. Now, this is where most people fuck up. They sell in their sales and marketing that transformation from there to there. And then when it comes to the actual fulfillment side, they fall short. And most of the time, it's because they haven't done this. And I've done this for every one of our offers. So let me walk you through it. I don't care what you guys do. This will be relevant. A, where they're at. Step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. How do I get the person from where they're at to where they need to be? And it's not just what needs to happen that you do. It needs to be what needs to happen overall in the person's business or in that client. So one of the things that needs to happen may be something totally out of your control. You still need to write it down because if it needs to happen, we need to make it in your control somehow. And I'm going to give you some really great examples of this in a minute, right? So step one could be, uh, the example I always give is because I drew this out, my original company, Prospect Social, I drew this out on a whiteboard in Columbia. I actually have a photo of me, right? I should have put it on here. A photo of me doing this. But starting point was a real estate agent they had no predictable client acquisition system, and they were doing about two to four deals a year. 
ending point was a real estate agent who literally just showed up to qualified booked calls on their calendar and was doing two to four deals a month. Starting point, ending point. So, all right, what needs to happen based on where they're at and where I want to tell them? Well, first of all, they need to understand uh, like how to run ads. Okay, they need ads running. Second of all, they need uh, some way to turn the people that are coming from the ads to booked appointments on their calendar. Hey guys, really quickly, if you're getting value out of this, please be sure to share it wherever you share things. Share it with your friends, your colleagues, your employees. Share it to somebody that you know needs to hear this message. We put an incredible amount of work into these videos and these episodes for you. And all I ask in return is for simply to share it to somebody else that wants to hear that or needs to hear this message. All right, let's get back to it. Third thing they need is somebody that uh, once the book appointment comes on their calendar, obviously they have to become a closed deal. Fourth thing is they need to know what happens to people that get on the calendar that don't become a closed deal. How do you follow up with them? Fifth thing could be like, okay, how do you totally remove yourself from everything so you can scale? So regardless of what's in my control and what's not in my control, that's what needs to happen in that person's life. And then we decide, now that I know the steps to success, it's like a little recipe in a recipe book, how do we make sure it happens? And you really have three different op uh, options that I've seen. Done for you, do it yourself, or done with you. So then you decide which ones do you want to do and which ones is, is optimal or necessary for you guys to do. So do it yourself is obviously incredibly low cost to you, but it's also not that valuable to them, right? Which is why like none of our programs are just information. I don't think it's very useful. Done with you is uh, definitely higher value and higher cost to you. And then done for you, I think is the highest value, but the highest cost as well. And I think gone are the days of we're a done with you offer. We're a done for you offer. We're a do it yourself offer. We're a coach. It, you're not a coaching program. You're not any of those things. You are taking people from here to here. And you are doing anything absolutely in your power to take them there. Now, CEOs and business owners, your job is to effectively allocate capital. So we need to decide how do we effectively allocate capital? Okay, for example, for the real estate agents, one of the things that I knew that they were freaking terrible at was calling the leads that I was getting them. I mean, they were straight up lie to me that they were calling the leads and I could tell that they weren't. So I ended up partnering with another agency, uh, uh, what's known as an inner service agency, who would call the leads for the real estate agents and book them on the calendar for the agents. It cost me more money, but it literally ensured success. That was the biggest bottleneck. So it became a done for you aspect of it. Once again, how does this make my offer cold friendly? 99% of the people in the audience or in the industry are offering leads. I'm offering guaranteed qualified booked appointments done for you, right? But the other issue that we were having was that they weren't closing deals as the real estate agent. So then what we did was uh, I got my best real estate agent that was doing 10 deals a month using our system. And I had her come in and start teaching them on a weekly basis, two group coaching calls that taught them how to close deals from cold offers as a real estate agent. What did that cost me? She just asked if we could waive the management fee. So that cost me $1,000 a month. What did I do for my offer? Now it's like, hey, not only are we going to generate the leads, we're going to give them qualified books on your calendar, and then we're going to give you a seven-figure real estate agent who's going to coach you through how to actually close the deals. Now, what was another option I could have done there? I could have closed the deals for them myself, or the, I hired an agent to do it. But is that the most effective use of allocation of time, capital, people? I don't think so, personally. Inside of some of the offers we have, scaling with systems, scaling initiative. Scaling initiative, I create entire funnels and create entire like ad campaigns. We'll write out the entire outbound messaging. That's a really high cost, but it's incredibly high value and we guarantee success. So I'm like, I, look, don't even worry about it. Let me just show you what to say in the ad, what to target, and you'll be good to go. Would it be easier for me to scale without that? A hundred percent. Would I be able to guarantee success? Probably not. Every single person here should be adjusting your offer based on this. Every person here should take one thing that you can add. 
$1,000 a month to have someone that's your current client come in and coach your current clients. How hard would that be? Like the biggest fan that you have in your program, right? Like it, it goes back to the client success journey we talked about yesterday. What are just a few things you could add that gets them there? The end transformation is not that they consumed your product. It is what they got from consuming your product or service. Main key components of a cold-friendly offer, incredibly easy to understand, like a six-year-old could understand it. Direct and measurable. You have to write that down. Direct and measurable. Oh, I don't know. I'm a mindset offer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fitness offer. You can still figure out ways to make it direct and measurable. I promise you. Is it going to be hard? Yes. But once again, most of your competition won't be willing to do that. Very specific beginning and end transformation. Exactly who are they and what is their problem when they come to you? And who are they and what, what have you solved when they're done with you? That also very much helps when you have Ascension offers. If you just have this perpetual loop, always, you're never going to be able to send them because they're still expecting stuff from the original offer. Another thing is, do not reinvent the wheel. You need to improve upon competition. I was having a, a conversation with a few gentlemen earlier. They were talking about they wanted, to make their, their, uh, they wanted to create a mastermind. And I was like, the best way to create a mastermind is be a part of a bunch of other masterminds. So when I created the Scaling Initiative, which is our uh, highest level offer, I had been a part of four different $50,000 masterminds, and I just knew everything that was great about them and everything that was lacking about all of them. Like some of them, there was no community. It was like one coaching call a week. So we started implementing uh, in-person uh, in masterminds. Another one of them, it was you had to hop in a coaching call and wait two hours to get your questions answered. So we implemented the Slack channel on one-on-ones. So I took everything that I knew was lacking in the industry and I made mine better. Did I reinvent masterminds? No. Did I, did I add something that was not offered in any other mastermind? No. I just took everything that was going well and I made it even better and I took away the things I didn't like. And that goes back to that A to B thing, right? But you also always want to be perceived as a league of your own. So if you were just copy and pasting somebody, then you are not, you're always going to be compared to that person. But if you can actually figure out how to be perceived as a league of your own by making such an improvement that is perceived. The improvement, by the way, guys, doesn't have to be that you spend an, four extra client fulfillment costs. It is all about perceived value. The saying is, reality is not reality, perception is reality. So how can you increase the perceived value of something? And then always, 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 when you're trying to create an offer cold friendly, have some risk reversal in it. I guarantee. In a cold friendly offer, like if you take someone through a funnel, like they're going to think, what if this guy's scamming me? What if this doesn't work out? I've tried this stuff before. Like almost everyone in my industry has tried something like this before, right? So you have to have some kind of risk reversal in there. So it's like, if we don't deliver on what we promised you that we would deliver on, or if for whatever reason you want to leave, we'll give you your money back, no questions asked. So it's a reversal of the risk that they have. And sometimes the cost is high. Like you could do a risk reversal and your cost could be, let's say 30% of what your overall cash collected is. So yeah, that would suck. But the question you always need to ask yourself is, am I closing more deals from adding in a risk reversal than the cost of the people that are actually getting the thing reversed? Right? So inside Scaling Initiative, we have a risk reversal inside of that. And out of uh, 92 clients, I've had one person do it. And it cost us like uh, almost eight grand when we lost him. But I'm pretty sure we got a lot of people to buy into it because we had the risk reversal in the first place. If you don't feel comfortable guaranteeing your offer, you probably don't have a strong enough offer. If you don't feel comfortable guaranteeing your offer because of the, your clients, you haven't defined your niche strong enough. You haven't defined that A point strong enough. If you don't feel comfortable 
uh, giving a risk reversal guarantee on your offer because of your clients, then you haven't created a perfect A to B scenario. Oh, well, Ravi, they don't call the leads. You get someone to call the leads for them. They're not good at running ads. You guys run the ads for them. And then when you simply say, I don't want to do that, fine. That's okay. You guys don't have to do it. But just know that if somebody else out there is willing to do it, then you'll get demolished. And finally, the perceived cost needs to be 10 to 1, minimum. I was having a conversation with Icon, who uh, actually puts on these incredible events, and he became a, a client of mine in the Scaling Initiative as well. And he was talking about how he wanted to charge more up front, and we ended up changing some things around about his offer, which I think is incredible now. But I told him, most entrepreneurs will get greedy, and they'll keep on wanting to charge more and more. But you have to understand, at some point, everybody wants a deal. At some point, if you are making it so that your uh, cost is one and you're delivering two, that's not a good enough deal for most people. People want their cost to be one and their value is 10. What they're getting is 10. Then it's like they feel almost bad for saying yes to you. For example, for a real estate agent, when I was running that offer, to get their own ISA in-house, it would be four to six grand a month to get a fully trained ISA in-house. They have to manage them. They have to run them. I was charging them an additional $5 per lead to do it. So it was cheaper based on, there's something called uh, economies of scale. It was cheaper for me to offer this to uh, all of my clients than for them to individually go out there and do it by themselves. And it was simpler and it was faster. So the easiest way to, to actually show the increase in perceived value is to actually give something that is perceived as like, holy shit, how is he doing this and being profitable? Like I said a moment ago. And if it's like, you're inflating numbers, like you're like, uh, you know, if you want to get access to this thing and it's $10 million, like it, it, the people will smell that out. So you actually need to be able to define, like, great, if you went out and tried to get your own chief marketing officer, it would cost this. If you wanted, wanted to do, run your own ads, you probably have an opportunity cost of losing like 100 grand on your own by not getting it right. So you need to actually, it needs to be pegged to reality as far as what you're doing. And then, because if they already know, it's called price anchoring. If they already know, for example, uh, let's say you're offering uh, inside your program or inside something you're doing, you're offering ads management. And if they've already worked with a few ads agencies and the ads agencies are charging 10 grand a month, and you're offering like 10 things and ads management and your stuff is four grand a month, they already are like, holy shit, just because if I got these ads by myself, it would be more than two times this. So by simply adjusting what, the, what you're pegging and what the perceived value is, you'll be able to easily, you don't even have to like line item it out because they're going to be like, holy shit. Does that make sense? I recently started working with a family office and like I've worked with plenty of family offices to manage finances in it. And these guys are just unbelievable. I mean, like I don't refer a lot of business out, but I refer a lot of business to them. And I'm like paying, uh, I think it's $4,500 a month. I'm like, dude, how are these guys even profitable right now? I have no idea. The amount that I'm working these guys, it's unbelievable. The amount of like, they're in my Slack channel communicating with me and my team all day long. They introduce me to different lawyers and different things that I, and I'm like, dude, this is, a, but that's, I'll, I'll probably never, unless something happens and I get audited and I die or something, I'll literally never stop working with them. Such a high ROI on end cost and perceived value. And also, another really great way, guys, that you can do that is by increasing your prices. So some of the things that I'm telling you, you probably can't afford the current price point that you guys have right now. But there's always a level of someone trying to pay more. Another example, there's another really famous guy that gets on stages, does stuff like this. He offers something very similar that I do. I was talking to someone yesterday for 130 grand. I'm like, damn. So there's always another level that somebody's willing to pay right? And so you can just cater to that market. You don't always have to cater to the bottom of the market. There is no reward for catering. To the, you don't want to be the cheapest.